Welcome to the No Referees Podcast, where we have unpenalized conversations with sports personalities on industry news, their grind, the game, and much more. Please check us out on our social media pages at No Referees Pod for up-to-date info on the show. No rules, no texts, no whistles. This is No Referees Podcast. Welcome back to the No Referees Podcast. We're bringing you another edition of our show. We're bringing you a post-bubble edition of our show. As always, you can find us on our social media pages at No Referees Pod and on our YouTube channel, No Referees Podcast. Alongside Special Jennings, I'm Everstock Joby, And we got a very, very, very special guest with us today, all the way from the other side of the world. We got five-year WNBA veteran, three-time NCAA champion, 2010 Gatorade Player of the Year, you can find her everywhere on our social media at kstokes41. The lady that's still pissed that she couldn't whip the golf cart in the bubble. Listen. She is Kia, Kia Stokes. What it do? I mean, shit. I'm saying that was a great intro. That was really good. How's it going over there in Turkey these days? Um, It's cool. It's cool. Um, we try to stay corona-free. Um, it's a little hectic right now, but we right in the middle of season. Well, beginning of season, but... Everything's pretty regular. Um, practices, normal. Games as usual. Just no fans. So life really didn't stop over here. Okay. Well, we're going to get into everything overseas, WNBA. We're going to get into the bubble. We got all, a lot of stuff to get into. But our very first question we asked all of our guests on No Referees podcast because our rule, our show is unpenalized sports conversation. No rules, no texts, and no whistles. So we want to know what was the very first time you either got into it with a referee or talk a little stuff to a referee that you can remember from back in the day? Honestly, that's a tough one for me because I'm always so mellow. Like, I don't get too high, too low. But I will just share a quick story about this past season in the bubble. It was the first time that I actually yelled at a ref because I don't yell at people unless they're my teammates. So we were playing this team. They had a girl who was 6'7". I'm not going to say names, but I didn't think she was very good. And I just felt like the rest was giving her every call. So there was one play, you know, she turned around, I blocked her shot. They called a foul, I turned to the rest and excused my language. But I was like, that's not a fucking foul. She picked fucking seven. And then the rest were like, hey, so she need to calm down. I'm like, no, you calm down. And then that was really the extent of it. Because I'm usually not the one to like, you know, talk to the rest. But um, like if that was my teammate, she would have got teed up right away. But because they love me, you know, they just like, all right, folks, relax. But other than that, you know, I really be chill. You know, me and Russ get along for the most part. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, we always ask all our guests that that um, that question. It, it depends on you know. Sometimes we when Coach uh, Coach Jennings and I we interviewed Coach Walls. He said he got his first tech uh, by, by staring at a referee. You know, just a, you never know. You know, their first interact interaction with a referee. So that was a pretty cool story. Yeah, we ain't gonna mention no names, but we could probably use process <laughs> of elimination of, of who that particular athlete was. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, she had a great, she had a good game, but I was just so mad. Like I was just mad, but it's fine. <laughs> so we're gonna get into some backstory real quick and just growing up in Iowa. See, now I'm from Texas, you know. what I'm saying when I think about Iowa, I think about two things: Hawkeyes and corn. I don't know anything about about Iowa, you know what I'm saying? So we, I'm gonna get into asking you, like, what was it like growing up in Iowa, and tell us. Tell the fans out there that, that there's any cool stories just about Iowa that they may not know. I mean, you're not really far off with the Hawkeyes and Corn, honestly. Like, my parents went to Iowa. My dad played there. My brother went to Iowa. My cousins went to Iowa. My aunt and uncle, they all went to Iowa. So, 
I was supposed to go there technically, and then UConn came along and just shut that down. And then um, I didn't. One thing was I didn't grow up in a cornfield. I didn't grow up on a farm. Like I lived in a house. I lived in the suburbs. I mean, if you get went like four miles down the road, yeah, you would run into a farm. But you know, I didn't grow up on that. So um, that's a little misconception. Everyone thinks I'm just a farmer's girl. Like no, I'm not that. But um, it's kind of what you think. It's really slow paced. It's a lot of just country area farmland but like i said i grew up in the city so you know i didn't grow up in the farm well mention your brother real quick before we uh, let coach jennings get in here now when i look at your instagram page i was like scrolling through and i saw your brother former hooper college coach and i was like then you got your dad playing the nba had a little fame you played WNBA, a little fame. And I was like, your brother the most famous. I was like, because he's the dude from All-American, the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. <laughs> yo, I thought the same thing when I seen the show. I'm like, yo, this dude is my brother. He looks, he has the same haircut, the same stupid-ass haircut. He has that one. He acts like him. Like, my brother be doing dumb stuff sometimes. Like, he don't mean to be. It's just sometimes he's just not thinking all the way. I'm like, yo, my brother is him. They're the same. Like, they're the same person. Exactly. I hope That's your brother. I hope your brother don't hear this. Like you might be throwing all types of shots right now. Listen, I tell this. I tell this to his face every day. So he's fine. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Iowa. When I think of Iowa, I think of yeah, corn, grass, farms, and corny as hell. But <laughs> I don't think you corny. I think you quite cool. Um, I I do want to jump into like high school. Um, the, the basketball in Iowa, I don't know too much about it. Like, what, what was that like for you? Obviously, you were, um, what was it, Gatorade player, right? Correct? Am I correct on that? Yeah, like, so, so what, was, what was high school like for you in, in Iowa? Um, it, was, it was pretty tough. I mean, it's crazy as I only won one state championship, but that was my junior year. But, like, my sophomore year, we had a girl that went to Iowa. We had a girl that was committed to another university for softball. She was a great athlete. Like, we had the best team, and we just could never win. Uh, but it was pretty tough, and it was really crazy. As my year, like, graduating in 2011 from high school, I went to UConn. We had another girl from Iowa went to Notre Dame, and then another girl went to Stanford, which I thought was pretty cool because you really don't hear about people from Iowa kind of doing that. I mean, you have, you know, few and far between, but it was pretty amazing, especially on the women's side. Um, but it was tough. I mean, it was competitive. I mean, it really was, you know, you had one or two really good players and everyone else was just, you know, who's the better of the supporting cast. Um, but it was tough, you know. I wish we would have won more, but, you know, I'm really thankful and love my coaches. It obviously got me to where I am today, so I can't take anything back. I would have loved to play on a more competitive league. Um, that's one thing I do wish, but, you know, it is what it is. See how you had to shout them coaches out. I love my coaches, but we couldn't <laughs> win. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's let's let the cat out the bag then since we talking about it who better you or your brother and what <laughs> what you and what you think <laughs> who, who better like look they they try to, they try to die, who better you or him okay, i'm better i mean i'm better the thing is he's just stronger and faster and can jump higher and is taller so that makes it a little harder for me sometimes when we play. But skill-wise, yeah, I'm better. I play. Who, who, who won? I won. Every time? Not every time, though. But see, most of that's the time. See, look, you over here like, I'm better. He, he's won. Like, you can't, you can't just. Because, first of all, we played one time when I first got drafted. He just tried to dunk on me. So I'm like, yo, this is not even right. So I just really had to foul 
We'll shout out him a couple times until he got the got the message. Well, you ever whoa. played your daddy? Y'all just about to ask. Okay, well, yeah, 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 yeah. You ever play daddy? Yeah. You ever play big dog? <laughs> yeah, I wish, though. We would play horse and stuff. Um, like, when I was little, my dad would my ass a horse all the time. He was a nice little head. Left hand shot, she was automatic. Um, but when I got older, it's a, it's a dub. It's a wrap. I got him. <laughs> but he had bad knees, so we could never really play. Ah, uh, he got justification. Yeah, he got to throw in all this yeah, extra stuff. Brother, you know, he, he was taller. He's taller. Yeah, he got bad knees. Like, that she gonna say anything? Hey, she ain't say the same thing about that six seven girl. You know what I'm saying? She ain't saying about that. Names <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Key, I want to ask real quick. Just uh, one more thing on Iowa. Y'all got so many great players that come from your home city. Uh, Kurt Warner, David Johnson, Terry Stotts. You know, there's so much great uh, athletic prowess that have come from, from where you're from. You know, what is it to speak to the, to the area and just the sports culture there, like, you know, Coach Jennings was, uh, uh, stated, just like, what, what's it like there? Um, it's We're really big into sports, um, especially, like, the universities. Obviously, Big Ten is a big football school. We had a couple kids from my, my high school go pro in the NFL. Marcus Page was my – went to my high school. Um, he was at North Carolina. Harrison Barnes was from Iowa. You obviously know he's in the league now. So we have some good talent. It's just people always think it's so rare when you say, oh, you're from Iowa. You know, I get, oh, there's black people from Iowa. I get that all the time. And they're also like, oh, I didn't know that you guys are actually good at sports. So, I mean, we're not, you know, the New Yorks and have, you know, all these dog fighters. Like, we got some dogs, but it's, it's not the same. But we do have some really talented people. And, um, you know, I always rep Iowa as long as I live. I do talk a lot of shit, but you know I'm happy where I grew up, and you know that's home for me. You know, I hey, yeah. she said she said you always oh, black people there. You know, like you you like you you borderline. You yeah, just made it. I, I, you I just made it. I ain't want to fight though. I want to throw it on the bus, but uh. Hey man, look, there's no, there's no. We pulled yeah, no punches yeah, on here. Yeah, like, you, you barely made the cut. Like honestly, <laughs> hey, on my high school team, it was like me and another girl. We the only two mixed girls on the team. Like. Look, she was she would have seen now, like, black. now she went from black to mix. You see how she went? Now she look her up. Now she mix, and now she two or more or other. Next, next she about to be little up. Now she about to be foreign. <laughs> she got okay. that. She got, right. that, she got that Turkish passport. She forgot where she from. Hey, you know what she is? She, you know, she Turkish American now. <laughs> I'm saying that's the first question people ask me is like, oh, there's black people. Yeah, I That's true. That. I never met too many black people from Iowa. I got a friend from Iowa. She type weird. Um, actually, I got more than one friend. Actually, I do. Uh, oh, our GA. We had a GA. She's actually really dope. I ain't think she's from Iowa either. But I mean, Nicole, cool, if you hear this, Nicole. Yeah, Nicole, Iowa. Nicole, Nicole, dope. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I, I do know somebody else though that's from Iowa that's type weird. So. I don't know, y'all like 50-50 on the on the uh, on the roster right now. I'm making like four people. I'm full of shit. Hey KS, so I want to ask you just uh before we get into UConn, you know, Coach Jennings mentioned the, the high school uh basketball there. So you went on, you were highly recruited, you know, recruited by all the top schools in, in the country. You could have went anywhere and played, probably could have went straight to the WNBA and played out of high school. What was it like that recruitment process? You know, you told we went on you went on visits to Maryland, Iowa, and then how did uh you know what did Coach Gino say or do or like what end up? I know they were already winning championships, but you know he still went on these other visits. So what was it about your recruitment process and ultimately you picked UConn? 
Um, well, the backtrack, I hated being recruited. Like at first it was great. It's like, oh my gosh, all these schools. Yeah, I'm so popular. It's great. Um, but after a while, once coaches could start calling you, my phone would not stop ringing and I hated it. Like I would not answer my phone. I would make my parents answer it for me. I was so overwhelmed. My dad was like, Kia, can you grow up please and answer your phone? Like, I don't want these coaches calling me. Like, this is your future, deal with it. That's basically what he told me. Um, so I didn't like that part. But um, what's really funny is about UConn is I never initially wanted to go there. You know, I thought like, oh, that's UConn. Like, they get all the best players there, this and this and this. Like, I just want to fit in there. Like, it's not my thing. I want to stay close to home. I don't know why I ever thought that because I'm never home, like, ever anymore. Um, so it was really funny because I was going to go with my mom on an unofficial visit. And we were supposed to leave at like six in the morning uh, from Cedar Rapids Airport. But then the flight got canceled. And then there was another flight at 530. If we hurried and made it, we could have got there, had a connecting flight. And I almost told my mom, like, you know, what? I don't even want to go visit there. Like, let's just cross them off the list. And then she like basically told me, like, come on, just go. If you hate it, you don't have to talk to them ever again. So. We ended up making the flight, got there, and then when I got to campus, it was really the, my teammates, well, the team that was there. Um, they were the ones that, like, really made it dope for me. And, um, you know, Gino, he kept it real. He's like, if you don't want to work hard, you ain't going to play. If you don't want to do this, you ain't going to play. You're not going to be no good if you don't do this, this, and this. I said, oh, okay. Um, but, like, he kept it real. And, like I said, my teammates there, they're the ones that really kind of made it, like, seal the deal for me. They were the ones that would, like, Oh yeah, I could do this. I want to play with them. Uh, they're gonna be my friends for life. So that was that was it. He don't make no promises. He's had. He told me he had parents call him or like. So if my daughter goes here. Is she guaranteed a starting spot? Is she guaranteed this, this, and this? He was like, no. He was like, your daughter ain't special. If she want to come here and work, she gonna get you know what's deserved. But if she don't want to work, she ain't gonna play. And he just said just like that. He don't care. He do, he does not care. I think that's the worst thing for a coach. I mean, Coach Jennings would. Probably be able to say it more than me, but in my experience being a strength coach, I've seen play parents call coaches, you know, want the kids to play, play in time, all that kind of stuff. I know coaches hate that. For me, I don't talk to parents. At the end of the day, I have open practices. You're more than welcome to come sit in and look at your kid, watch your kid practice. Um, I play, I believe in playing the best five, and whoever that is, you know, whatever five gives us the best chance to win in that moment, that's who's going to be in. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not going back and forth with you. Um, none of the above, you know, what you want to do, somebody else will, where you you want to go, somebody else will come. So, you know, I'm not, I, I never, I never trip. Fast forward to UConn real quick. I, I just got a couple, a couple questions on UConn and then we're going to get into this bubble situation. So I know you got some stories about this bubble. Uh, if, if, if y'all ain't follow, if y'all ain't follow Kia on her social media, on her Instagram page at Kstose 41 y'all better go check out the lounge. Uh, y'all go check out her her video that she posts from the bubble. It is hilarious and and special being in Florida. Kia says she ain't going to Florida no more, so I don't know how how that's gonna work. <laughs> but uh, we go we gonna talk about UConn. I want to get a funny Geno story. Give me a funny Geno story, like in regards to you. Like if he blasted you before in film, or if he uh, he blasted somebody, seeing him make him cry, Kevin real. Give me a funny Geno story. What? Okay, first of all, me and Gino, we, it's not a secret, we had a love-hate relationship going, right? Like, some days, I'm like, yeah, I really like him, like, you know, he's my guy. And other times, I'm like, yo, I can't stand him, I want to go home, I hate it. So we was always, you know, going back and forth. But it's mainly because he thinks that I didn't reach my potential at school. So that's, like, where the love-hate comes from. Anyways, one story about me is, uh, we were watching film one day, 
And back in the day, I wouldn't say I was lazy. I would just say that I would let my mind make me more tired than I actually was, right? So we're just doing, we're watching film and it was a game before and you know, I'm supposed to run every time I'm on the court, right? So maybe I would run like seven out of 10 times, like not enough, right? So we're watching film and like, okay, keep in mind, I love Stephanie Dolce and she like, she was my, she was a year older than me. She was a great All-American, great passer, great finisher, shoot a little bit, like she was really good. So she was the one playing ahead of me, right? So I get in the game, you know, I'm running my little seven out of 10 times on the floor, you know, maybe jog a couple. So we're watching a film. And then I swear to God, he put every single clip of me jogging on the screen, every single one. Like even the one before when I sprinted, he ain't put that on there. So I'm already like, oh my God, here we go again. Like another shit on key today. Like that's what it felt like. And then he puts, so he's, you know, cussing me out like, then God damn it, Keaton Stubbs, you ever want to run and da 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 going it. And then he puts the one clip of Steph sprinting down the court. Sprinting. The one clip. And he was like, plays it. He's like, this is what we need from you every time. Steph's doing this. She's playing 30 minutes a game. She's still sprinting every time. You can't do that. Da, 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 da. And I said, like, oh, my God. Like, I just can't. Like, I really felt like it was like that. Like, every mistake I made. But looking back, I just knew he wanted more out of me. But I was really mad. I'm like, he did not just make it seem like Steph just ran every time I'm good. He did not make it seem like that. There was one time we were doing the press. I'm not going to say any names because, you know, I'm not. But um, there was this one player who was a little out of shape at the time. And, you know, she got beat on the press. And then he was like, God damn it, get her fat ass off the court. Oh, he didn't say ass. He was like, somebody get this fat girl off the court. I was like. Hey, wow. but it, was really funny. it was really funny. Like, he didn't. I mean, he was kind of laughing when he said it. So it wasn't like too serious. But, yeah, we was all, we was all cracking up. And then, of course, me. I start laughing. He's like, you think someone's funny, Keith Stokes? I was like, oh, no. Never mind. Like, I t- I'll take it back. It's not funny. Because I would always be in trouble for laughing. Like, I would always get in trouble for laughing. Always. Special, what would you do in that situation as a coach and, and, and your player wasn't, you know, rim running or something like that? How would you coach Kia in that situation? Kia, come keep this seat warm next to me. <laughs> <laughs> come on come on over here and have several seats i had a kid um that was like that like she just she was like a light switch like oh game time i'm ready to play practice i ain't trying to do that and she thought she was gonna pick and choose so when it came to the game and she wanted to go in i was like i ain't gonna do that so we, we ended up getting on the same page but it started off like super rocky like that that is different though. Every every coach know we are as coaches. We be fronting sometimes. Like we try to discipline and and all those things, but we already know, man. Your best player do something. You kind of sweep it under the rug a little bit. <laughs> say I'm gonna discipline them later, but we, I mean, every, everybody's done that as a coach. Like if they say they haven't, they're lying. Um, the one thing I will say that I respect about Gino is that he's really really tough on his best players. So when Stewie first came to school, he was on her neck. Like every day, all day, one practice, he kicked her off the court and made her run stadiums. Like it was crazy. But that's one thing I'll always respect is like he never took it easy, like on anybody. And that's what's great because, you know, they're our favorites and they kind of get away with things. But like with the best players are the best. And uh, I heard stories yeah. about him going Maya. He would like go in on Maya. But Tom would that's call good him. though. Yes, that's why I really respect that's him. That's good. Cool. You're supposed to go in on your best players. That way your scrubs can like be up the par i'm not gonna be yelling at my scrubs they for what well, i'm wasting my time doing that you gotta right. yell at your, your best players and that way the scrubs already know 
Oh, I ain't got no chance of doing nothing crazy. <laughs> Let me just come into practice, do what I'm asked, and get my ass to the back of the line and shut up. Like you, you gotta, yeah. If you if you soft, if you soft on the the kids that's supposed to lead your program, they're gonna lead your program to the ground. So, you know, he didn't got he got a lot of rings doing, you know, being who he is and doing things sure. the way he's done it. So why change it? One last question on UConn. The, who who used to get the best of you in practice? Was it Stephanie Dolson or Brianna Stewart? Or did you used to <laughs> or, or you or you used to bust their head? Who who was busting heads in practice with the bigs? Oh shit! I know you don't know some crazy. I was always on. I was always on a white team, and the white team is the non-starters. So Gino always called me a white team all-American because, like, when I was on a white team, I was balling. Like, I did not think I ain't worried about nothing. I was balling, playing free. And then when I went to the blue team with the you know the starters. I just got my own head. He was like, God damn it, kid, get back on the white team. Like, that was basically my college career. Um, till my senior year, then it was, like, a little better. Junior and senior year was way better. But, um, yeah, I mean, Steph Dolson had me for the first year, and then, we was, you know, it was better. And then Stewie came in and was Stewie. Uh, she was definitely tough to guard. Uh, but we would definitely have our battles, especially in pickup, like, in the summertime. Um, but, yeah, like, she's a different type of beast. I ain't know. Like, she was just... She talk, she talk shit? Y'all talk shit to each other? Nah, I didn't really talk shit like that. <laughs> but like Tip Hayes, oh my gosh, her and Caroline Doty would go at it. It was so crazy to watch. And those two were going at it my freshman year. I was like, oh my God, what did I sign up for? Like, I was not ready. I'm a nice sweet girl from Iowa. I was not cut for this. <laughs> <laughs> so 2015, April, 2015 WNBA draft, you walk across the stage looking like a a uh, 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 venti almond milk, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Walk across the stage. With hey, your... <laughs> with, with the with the hump. With the heels on, looking looking like a grande, looking like a grande, grande almond milk. Uh, talk about talk about that. Talk about that experience for you, your family, your dad playing in the NBA. You know, you walk across the stage. Just tell us about that experience and. I want, I'm going to get a quick story from you from your first couple years in the WNBA, and then we'll get on to the bubble. Um, it, was, it was incredible. Uh, I was really excited to even attend the draft um, because I had no idea they you know, really wanted me. Like I said, my college career was kind of up and down, so I wasn't sure. Uh, so even to be invited was amazing. And then to know that Bill Lambier traded up to get me because they didn't have any first-round picks made it even more special. And going to New York, like – I didn't even think that was going to be possible. Like, the Tulsa coach had called me and was like, oh, yeah, if you're still around the second round, you can come to Tulsa. I was like, oh, okay. Ooh. Second round? Where we do that at? Where they do that at? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just what I was told. So just being on stage in that moment was incredible. It was a dream come true. And to have my family there was awesome. We went to the casino that night. I won a lot of money. Like, I, put, I was 11th pick. Right? I put 11 on everything. The Simple Pour is a beverage concierge service specializing in creating flavorful crafted punches for all of your events and needs. From their house favorites to the custom creations, they have a beverage that's going to satisfy every taste bud you have. Certified mixologist Kevin Barber literally pours his heart into each beverage. You have the individual 12-ounce bottles, or if you want to step it up to the big boy gallon. Some of the heavy hitters on the menu include To Kill Your Blues with that fresh citrus, fan favorite Green Goblin, and my favorite Henny Punch. No Referees Podcast and a Simple Pour have mixed up a new drink for you. Enjoy 15% off your entire purchase by logging on to the website, thesimplepourhtx.com, 
enter promo code NOREFEREES15 at the time of checkout. The Simple Pour. Simple name, extraordinary taste. I would ask, though, like, just, just with your background and you being able to play and things like that and having someone um, in your household that, you know, having your dad who, who was a, a professional, you know, what was that like? What's the relationship? What was the relationship like between um, you and him once you became serious about playing basketball? Um, it was good. I always wanted to be just like him when I was growing up. I was always a daddy's girl. So, like, I remember getting a call when I was little. He was like, hey, do you want to play basketball like I do? And it was like, no hesitation. Yeah, of course, I want to be just like you. Like, it was really just like that. So in the beginning, I didn't really take it serious. And then when I got good, you know, he kind of sat me down. He was like, listen, if you want to do this, you know, in the long run, like, I can help you out. You won't be on your ass. Like, you might not like me, but you want that. And so it was tough. Um, like, when I first got to college, me and him kind of got a little rocky state um, where we butted heads a lot. And I feel like our only relationship was just based on, basketball um but i had to talk with him and since then it's been fine he's always been supporting me no matter what um he's my number one fan him and my mom um but yeah it was you know he always just pushing me anytime i want to work out you know he had, had hip surgery knee surgery he'd still be in the gym with me i mean he wouldn't do shit but stand there and tell me what to do but you know he would go with me um but yeah like he's always been there no matter what and you know i love him forever for that Man, that's great you know uh <clears throat> Your dad playing in, in the league, you know, he just give you all them tips and pointers, tricks of the trade, you know what I'm saying, to help you evolve, help your game evolve. That's great. Special. Uh, we had our, our good friend on, Jantel Lavender, and she told us when she first got to L.A., she had a bunch of vets that was there, and they hazed her like no other. You know, they made her, you know, do all kind of crazy stuff. So you got to New York, you had a roster full of vets, you know, Tina Charles, Tiffany Prince, Swing Cash, Essence Carson. You had a bunch of OGs on the roster. So, did any of these OGs have you go do anything crazy, you know, the, that first that first summer? You want to know? My vets were amazing. They loved me, you know, because I'm so awesome. Um, but they really did not haze me. I mean, the only thing we had to do was, on away games, we had to pick up the uniforms from the training room and deliver them to the doors. Um, but other than that, like, they were so nice. Like, they really embraced us. They just wanted us to do well. So, like, my vets, the best vets by far. But I heard other stories. Like, I heard in Minnesota, they made them dress up like clowns or babies and go fly in the airport. Like, some crazy like that. Yeah, we had to do that, though. Man, no stories at all? I mean, what about you as a vet? Have you have you done any hazing with any of the young kids? Or Sabrina, anybody? <laughs> no. Um, nah, we're really nice. With our new coaching staff, they want to do a whole culture change, too. So they say no hazing, no playing jokes anything so homie. if anything i make them go pick up my food from the lobby like you know stuff like that I'm she sure. from iowa homie she nice she ain't doing none of that iowa like, nice oh right. <laughs> <laughs> she's not cut like that she's not cut like that <laughs> so when you when you get to new york you're playing for the liberty story franchise big city big dreams you know, you're, you're in the Big Apple now. It's not that far away from stores, so I'm sure you've been to the Big Apple plenty of times, but you're, you're living there. You know, you got the, the Giants, the, the the Jets, the Knicks. You got the Rangers, the Yankees, the Mets. You got all these sports teams. And you got one, you know, the WNBA team. You know, you're, you're, you're not getting as much attention as probably as you were getting at UConn. Talk about, you know, how you, how you dealt with that early on and 
you had some ownership situations, stuff like that. How'd that go just like your first year? Um, it was pretty intense. Uh, my first year, I didn't know what to expect. Um, I thought it was really weird because coming from college, especially UConn, we had everything. Like the latest gear, we had, you know, four trainers. Like it was, everything was, you know, pretty perfect. And then going to the league, it was definitely different. Um, you know, we only had like two t-shirts for practice. Like we didn't have team issues too. Like it was just weird stuff like that. So I wasn't used to it. But, um, you know, you get used to it. And then once we started playing, we were actually really good my first couple of years. And it was really funny because I remember getting a lot of tweets sent to me saying, like, who would have thought that the best team in New York was a Liberty? And we had that for like three seasons in a row because, you know, Griffin wasn't doing shit. The Knicks weren't doing shit. I don't really know about football or baseball that much, but, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty exciting. Um, and then we kind of fell off the last couple of years, but we ain't talked about that. We're going to be back on top soon. Yeah, uh, <laughs> But why got to be some shade, though? Like, why is it? I saw, I had saw that tweet. Why, why does it have to be New York uh, Liberty, the best in New York? Like, why, why, like, y'all are a professional team. You know what I'm saying? Like, people, people kill me doing that. It's almost like they, they try to downplay people's success or downplay people's light. Like, oh, yeah. the Liberty is the best right now because all of the other sports teams are shit. No, yeah. they're the best right now because they have good professionals that are on the team that's, like, put them in position to be good. We're going to get to one, one mutual friend that we have on the show, uh, Coach Teresa Weatherspoon. Shout out to her. You know, I know you spent some time with her. Uh, Special and I interviewed her in a, one of our probably best interviews we've had on this show. And she really spit a lot of knowledge and a lot of uh, uh, facts about the New York Liberty. You know, when she first got there, you know, it was her, your, your, your Husky uh, alum, your Rebecca Lobo. And they really built that thing up, you know, so – we, like you said, recently, as of late, you know, y'all are, are having a couple of down years. You know, what do you see in the future with yourself and some other young players that y'all have to, to build that thing up to how they had it back in the day? Well, just touching on Spoon, I just say I loved her so much. She was the first one I called um, when I got drafted to see if I could come to New York and work out with her. So, like, me and her have been tight since day one. I just love her to death. And, you know, New York would not have been the same without her. I just got to throw it out there. Um, but looking towards the future, um, we have some young talent. Um, Sabrina Nescu, obviously a great player, has amazing college um, attributes, like, you know, one of the best to come out of college. So we have some talent. We got a ways to go. Uh, we had a new staff this year, um, new everything pretty much. So it was, it was a rough, rough little go around. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. We have some good talent. Um, I think we have good people who want to work hard and who want to win. Um, so once, you know, we all get the chemistry, start practicing together, I think we can – we can turn the program on. So, so talk a little bit about yourself. You know, obviously, um, you know, high school is one thing, college is another, and then I, you know, professional. They always say when you when you get to certain levels, there are people that that can meet you at those levels. But you know, talk about what it's like and um, playing against. And obviously, like I said, at UConn, you know, you guys played a, a great schedule year in and year out. But this is the pro level. You know, every everybody's at that level. Everybody's at the UConn level. Talk about what it's like to play against, um, you know, post players of that stature night in and night out. That was really tough uh, for me. It was, well, I didn't really know what to expect kind of coming to the league. Um, but it was really exciting. I mean, going against Sylvia Fowles our rookie year, like, who would have thought, like, that was going to happen? Being teammates with Tina Charles, never would have thought. She gave me a concussion, like, my second year. Didn't know that was going to happen. But it was just a whole different type of physicality. And um, that was the one thing I learned pretty quickly my rookie year. And I think that's why I did so well that year is because, like, 
I actually have a really great body for basketball, but I didn't realize at the time. Like, I'm 6'4", broad shoulders, strong, lean, athletic, can run. And I think that translated pretty quickly to the league. So that's one thing that I had to take advantage of pretty quickly. And I think that's kind of what helped us and made our team really good. I mean, I'm not saying I made the team great, but I was definitely a part that um, that helped. And uh, it's just one thing. It's you have to bring your game every day because if you don't, you can, you can lose by 30 to any team. And we obviously learned that this summer. Um, but even like my rookie year, we would beat teams by 30 um, because one, we were good. And two, if they didn't show up, we was going to kill them and vice versa. We also lost to the team by 30 because if you don't show up, they're, everybody's an all-star. Everyone has all-stars on the team. Everyone has pros, vets, amazing athletes, Olympians uh, from all over the world. Um, it's incredible. And uh, it's another – you have to learn to work smarter, not harder, um, because everyone's in the gym doing work. But you have to use your skills to your advantage. You know, because I'm quicker, I don't necessarily have to bang as much. Or, you know, other players who are slow have to use the power. You know, they can't just – run by you. So um, you really got to learn the game from a different aspect. Like at UConn, we really just outrun it. And we were skilled, but we could just last longer than anyone because we were in such great shape. So what is like, you know, what, what have you, what have you become really good at um, at this level that you necessarily may have not been as good at um, at the collegiate level? Um, I mean, I've always been a good, been a good defender. Um, I don't think that changed, but uh, I know for me, just low post stuff has gotten way better. I'm um, running the floor, finishing. Um, that's one thing I've, I've gotten way better. My touch is pretty good. And then my jump shot gotten a lot better. I didn't shoot the ball in college ever. So definitely. Clearly. Way better. <laughs> Clearly. Way better at that. <laughs> that's good. Well, I would have gave your ass a bucket, but, you know, you're a young, you're a young pup. Um, one, one question before we get into the bubble. Growing up, who you say you uh, uh, you you wanted to pat your pat your game after either an NBA player and a WNBA player? You know, give me you know one of each. Um. Well, growing up, I know this sounds so corny, but my dad like I always wanted to be just like him, so I would watch clips of him. He would send me little videos and stuff, so he was definitely one. And then as a post player, Lisa Leslie was like the god basically growing up for me. Um. So I you know she was one I definitely looked up to. But I didn't really, growing up in Iowa, I didn't know that many people because it wasn't really publicized, you know, when I was growing up. So I didn't actually start watching it more until I got into high school. Uh, that's when I really started to learn. But, like, growing up, I really just saw, you know, kind of the stars. Um, but, yeah, so that's why I would say Lisa Leslie and then my dad. Sounds hey, so corny. But, hey, special. Yeah. Remember uh, Gentile? She said that she was so tall. They used to call her 6'9", walking through the hallway. Well, <laughs> they used to make fun of her. Well, what they used to make fun of What was your nickname, Kim, being so tall? What they used to call you back in the day? My damn thing. They knew I was a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let her live, so just move on. Because I'm going to let her live. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let her live. <laughs> Let's get into this bubble talk. You know, uh, we, we got a lot of we got a lot of fun, funny things that you have uh, posted on your social media. But we all know that the bubble this year was centered around social injustice. Um, so we'll get into some of the the funnier things that that you talked about in the bubble. Some of the the things that we've talked about off air. But just talk about the the social injustice piece with the WNBA, your team, say her say her name, things of that nature. Kind of talk on that for us a little bit. Um, we were really excited. Obviously, we had we knew we had a platform um, with only the NBA going on at the same time as us. We had a platform. Most of our games were televised, which is something that hasn't happened in so long. And I think because of COVID, like 
the world was at a standstill. So I think all eyes were going to be on sports if they were able to play. So we kind of tried to use that to our advantage. Um, that's why we dedicated the season to Breonna Taylor and her family. Um, that whole situation is just heartbreaking. Her along with, you know, the hundreds and thousands of other people that's, you know, been in a similar situation. Um, so it was really heartbreaking, but we try to just use our voice in the best way we can. And I think we did a pretty good job. I think we brought awareness. Um, I think it was the, the first time people actually saw that as a league, like we're always at the front, like the forefront of all initiatives, at least I think so. Um, and that's why I think it was really great for us because we kind of, we were able to use our whole league. You know, we have 144 players and every day we had meetings with almost every single person. And I think that's why our league is so tight because we can get in contact with everyone at any given time. And we just try to show that and just be unified and try to bring attention and awareness and tell people to vote. So vote, please still vote. Um, that's a way that we can make change individually. So you you became, during the social injustice piece, you became a national, you became a national celebrity at one point. Um, with you guys locking arms, walking off the court in protests. And you had an interview when you walked off the court, you know, and everybody, they didn't know your name then. They knew who you were at that particular moment. You know, talk about that experience for you. Um, it was good. I mean, I did my shade room, so I was super hyped. I know that sounds mad corny, but just the fact that getting on shade room, I mean, I know they're like a gossip site and like you should not take their, you know, post seriously at all. But I love them. And of course, everyone that I'm friends with loves them because there's just so much gossip and we're all about the drama, right? But just to, to be on Shade Room and to have my interview and just to know that there are so many people who were in support of what we we're doing was incredible. And um, like back to the real news sites that come in the story, it was awesome to see that they were actually um, aware of what we're doing and how we're trying to protest and how we're doing it peacefully. Um, I think that's the thing that people don't realize is we're not, we weren't disrespecting anyone. We didn't walk off during the anthem, we walked off before, we just didn't want to be on the court while it played. I mean, a lot goes into everything we did. Like, we think about everything. And I think people don't understand how calculated everything is. And, um, and I was just really happy. Um, I think our message got across. And if one thing good came from the bubble, it was that we were able to get our message out. Um, I was excited to see the WNBA use that platform. Obviously, we could talk about the NBA, but the NBA is the NBA. You know, that's something that they're established and, and they're known and people are always going to watch them. But to see women, um, you know, have their face on the front of things and being, you know, lead, leading the charge and and, and just really um, dedicating their season to, like she said, you know, heartbreaking tragedy. Um, I thought that was just phenomenal. Um, and, and then you got to see them in a different light. You know, not Kia Stokes, the, the basketball player, but Kia Stokes, you know, the human being. Um, and everybody know what it, what it, you know, what it is for her to be humane. So I thought it was, I thought it was unique. I thought it was dope. I, you know, I enjoyed it. And I think that, you know, I hope that it doesn't stop there. Like she said, people got to get out and vote and don't just, you know, behind words have to be action. And, and so that, that was big for the WNBA. Yeah, appreciate sharing that, sharing that with us, Kia. Now, we're going to get into some funny stuff about the bubble. Now, let's talk about this bike situation. Let's talk about this bike situation. Let's talk about this golf cart situation. You know, what's up with, what's up with you and this bike? And, and, and you, why did they give you the keys to the whip? You know, what happened with that situation? I just wanted the keys to the whip. I just, first of all, I hate Florida, and I will never, ever live there. It sucks. Like, Wait, I hold on. Like, what a special Jennings has. You know, you retired. She a coach. You know, she need assistant. You know what I'm saying? What about that? 
Man, you listen. She don't hate Florida that much. You gotta let people just say what they gonna say and let it in one ear out the other. She just happened to be in a bubble. I the fact that I had to bike everywhere in Florida and get caught in the heat and caught in the rain and just sweating constantly. Like I just hated it. And then we were told we get two golf carts per team. So I'm like, why would I not get a golf cart? I'm one of the oldest people I can carry. I could drive on the rookies. Like I could do that. Um, but then they said, no, no students can drive electric vehicles. I'm like, excuse me, am I a student here? Because I'm pretty sure I work here at this point. So I was just really annoyed and frustrated. And I was just hot. And then we had to bike everywhere. And the schedule was just trash. Like we had to wake up and go to testing in the hotel, then come back and then go to lunch over here, then go to film over here, then go to practice over here. Yeah, it was just a mess. I just, it was just hot. It was just so hot. <laughs> I know at one, one point when the, the, the bubble first started, it was a big deal with, you know, the food not being great. And like a sports center, they showed like, like mm-hmm. uh, insects in the, in, in the under the beds and all that kind of stuff. What was that, uh, the living conditions like for y'all down there? So fortunately, where we lived, we didn't have that many bugs. We only had, only, we only had ants in our kitchen. Like, <laughs> that's the only problem we had. But other people had like worms on their carpet or like bed bugs. Like fortunately, we didn't have that. Uh, but like the way the apartments were set up, like we're kind of like in wooded areas. So there's going to be bugs and stuff like crawling around. So it was kind of like not the best, but anytime you had a problem, if you called someone, they would come and like clean it up or they would, you know, use a little Rite Aid or whatever to get the ants or like roaches. I didn't have roaches, but um, it, was, it was just gross. Um, but I mean, they did accommodate all of us the best way they could. So, you know, very thankful we had a season. So I try not to complain too much, but like, no. I don't like it there. <laughs> I, I'm in Florida, so wherever I'm at, that's where, you know, that's where it's going down at, so it'll be okay. It's just hot all the time. So you prefer to be in Iowa? I prefer to be in New York. I'd rather be cold than hot, yes, unless I'm in a pool. It's not hot, it's not hot all the time, though. You can come down. In the wintertime, it's actually nice. Okay, It's, well, it's nice, that. like, it's not. Listen, ain't nobody begging you to come soak up some of this sun, sis. Listen, I go from here until May, and then May I'm in New York, and then in, from May to September, then in September I'm back over here. So when the bubble finished this year, how much time did you have off before you had to head over to Turkey? Seven days. Damn. Yeah, yeah listen, this is the life you choose to live. Absolutely, and I love every Excuse second. free. Kia, one more thing on the bubble. So uh, you, uh, I know that, you know, y'all, it wasn't like the NBA where you had, like, these plush – you know, uh, uh, hotel in your situation. I know you had the option to live in the hotel or live in an apartment. Talk about, you know, wh- what you learned about living with your your, your teammates and uh, growing closer in that, in that bubble situation and the other WNBA players. Um, it was interesting, to say the least, because I'm living, I've been living by myself for the past six years. It was definitely hard to have a roommate. Um, but like, I love Kia. I went to school with Kia for a year and then I played with Zowie in New York for three years. So I already knew them. And they kind of know me that if I get, you know, overwhelmed, I just go in my room and close my door and they'll leave me alone. So they were really like understanding. So it was really great. And I do miss them sometimes, to be honest with you. Um, like I do, I do love them. I miss them. I wish I, I could see them more often, but you know, I do, I do like my space too. So it was a learning process. We didn't really get in fights. I heard other stories from other teams again. And fights though, so I'm glad we didn't have that. So which but one yeah. of your which one of your lounge counterparts was the messiest? The messiest me. Like <laughs> I'm definitely the messiest. Zowie is like I don't want to say 
OCD because she doesn't actually have OCD, but she's very, she's like a neat freak kind of. So her room was always clean. And then Kia was really organized. She just had a lot of stuff. She's a Jordan athlete. So she had mad shoes everywhere, like mad Jordan gear. And then me, I just am messy. Like, I don't make my bed when I get up. Like, I just don't. Like, yeah. I'm messy, so, though. Not <laughs> so right now you're in Turkey. Uh, y'all, y'all season uh, is underway or getting ready to be underway. I know that you mentioned that you had a little bit of an ankle issue. Um, you're coming back from that. How are you feeling right now and, and, and moving forward with the, your overseas season? Oh, I'm pretty good. I got my ankle wrapped up right now. Oh, uh, he's on. You saw that. You saw that uh, homemade uh, ace bandage wrap. <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's that Turkish. That's that Turkish ace wrap. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing really well. Um, just a little sprain, but I should be good in a couple of days. Um, but it's Turkish league is one of the best leagues in Europe. Um, we have all types of foreigners um, from all over. Like we got the best of the best. Um, so it is tough. Every game is is a tough one, but and then like our league, we have probably like seven or eight like good teams. So we the best. Hey, Kia, before that, you before we let you out of here, can you give the No Referees podcast a quick shout out? Yo, I just want to thank you guys for having me. No Referee podcast is amazing. I love y'all. Appreciate it. Until next time, I hope y'all have me back on it. I hope I wasn't too bad for you. Um, but it's all love. I appreciate it again. Uh, check them out on No Referees podcast. Appreciate that. Everyone, please go follow Kia on her social media pages at KStokes41. That is Iowa Nice's finest, Kia Stokes. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Referees Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this show and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media at No Referees Pod. For the next episode, we out.